produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... This is urgent. We need a response team. We're already putting together the best move. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Groot. That I did know. These people may be isolated and unbalanced, but I believe with the right push, it can be exactly what you need. Suda, I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen, online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the Intrepid Trio, Minus One, Dill, Carry the One, Field Agent, um, um, Thursday, out here. No sign of unusual brain activity. Says you. Uh, it is Kylan, Field Agent, Bart, and myself, Mike. How are you guys doing? Ah, good. Good properly caffeinated so i'm good right now i don't think thursday was here the last time bart was here no she no yeah i think you were just put, putting the final tweaks in her oh uh, she's got sass to her uh, i will say that uh to say the least so um i guess let's get the uh the business stuff out of the way first uh thursday if you would i have prepared a safety briefing for you to entirely ignore well yeah at the moment i am going to ignore that briefing because check out our affiliates on the homepage, mightymarvelgeeks.net you have um Ripped Apparel, Red Bubble, Superhero Stuff, Loot Crate, Fan Chest. Um, you also have our newest, which is foundme.com, F-O-U-N-D-M-I.com, and Heroes and Villains. Both of those two use the code FIELDAGENTS, all one word, to get 15% off your first purchase. And guess what? Heroes and Villains announced that by the end of the week, size 3X t-shirts are coming nice. to the site. Cha-ching. So, um, so yeah, check that out. Also, to check out our web store, got some new baseball jerseys up. We do. We have new swag. Uh, we. I don't know if you've seen them. There's a Captain Marvel themed baseball jersey now. There is oh, a nice. Captain America themed baseball jersey now. There's still the Spider Man themed, which I still think is my favorite outside the normal, traditional looking Mighty Marvel Geeks jersey. I, I might say I would go after the the not the Spider-Man one before I get the uh, the traditional looking one. You and, know what? Hold that, on. I'm going right now to look. And that says a lot considering I helped design them all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hold on. Let me see what these... Alright. Uh, hold on. Where's... Oh man, we got some new sweatshirts. We got some new T-shirts in here too. Uh, 
No. No, it looks well. No, they look new and they're new to me. Okay. Those are the baseball jerseys. Oh man, that Captain America jersey is awesome. The cap one. Yeah, the Captain and the Captain Marvel. Actually, I like the Captain Marvel baseball jersey better than the Captain Marvel um, hockey jersey. Oh wow! Uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I, I love the hockey jerseys. Don't get me wrong, but uh, just looking at these, the, uh, the the baseball jerseys, guys. Really, if you're if you're looking for something that, let's say, if you're in one of the more warmer climates. And the hockey jersey just is not your thing. I get it. Uh, do your do yourself a favor. Uh, go and check out. Go and check out these baseball jerseys. They they look really good. But you know, baseball jerseys still for that layered look, mm-hmm. even during the winter, underneath a jacket or something. Yep. If you're wearing a long sleeve or a turtleneck, they still complement on top of just nice. They really do. Um, me personally, I still kind of like the. Uh, Spider jersey. It looks good. I, I really like how that one came out. That's a good-looking spider on there, too. Yeah. The, and then, um, I mean, our traditional baseball jersey looks great. It does. But I, I'm more inclined, if I had a choice, I mean, if I, if I did traditional, I'll go the traditional route. Um, but I am very seriously considering that spider jersey. That sticks out. I mean, even any any of the character jerseys really stick out. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that's what's going to end up being the trend now is it's going to be the, char- uh, the character jerseys going to be baseball jerseys. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the hockey jerseys, is our non-traditional, and then our traditional will be the look. Um, so if you want the Spider, I think I'm going to leave the Spider-Man jersey, hockey jersey up because that came out really well as well. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But the Captain, uh, I'm going to say by July 1st, the Captain Marvel jerseys are coming down. So if they you are. want it, if you want one of the Captain Marvel hockey jerseys, you got till July first to to order. Uh, D is okay. So I'm looking through here, and there's a T-shirt that I don't, I no longer see in here. Okay. The uh the um the Guardians uh styled T-shirt I, that we had. That's on T Public. Okay. And I'm getting. I will be transferring that over to uh to this as well. All right. Cool. So. Um, but their sweatshirts are, are great, mm-hmm. great-looking sweatshirts, and I love the, the hat options we have. Um, t-shirt designs are going to be coming over to here, unless it's a – you know, I, actually, I think I'm going to leave that over on Tee Public because that's a, a specialty thing for the t-shirts, not our standard. Because right. I'll, I'll take that – I'll probably pull that down before the end of the year. Because um, also, I think I have over on T Public our uh, celebration shirt, which I may take down as well. Okay. Yeah, I, that's, that's where the because those are going to be a lot easier to to order or to get up quick and, and down quick. So, whereas with Jersey, I mean they're they're a uh, they're a long term. This is going to be our standard staple. So. Okay. So yeah, um. So, yeah, that's pretty much it from there. Hopefully there's stuff there that you guys like. If there's a character you want seen done, let us know on Facebook or Twitter. Or even email us at mmg at mightymarvelgeeks.net. And we will work on getting that baseball jersey idea going. So, because there's a new blue jersey for Weeby Geeks. Uh, There's the fur jersey for Wookiee Radio. 
that's up now. I got some Mandalorian armor-themed jerseys coming for Wookie Radio as well, where the armor is going to be based on the logo colors. So I guess enough about that. Um, let's get into our first story. And it's kind of kind of big news. Uh, where is it? There. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. It was like, it's right on the front. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the current run of X-Men is coming to an end come, come July. They just, just announced that this week, or this past week, rather. Uh, in March, Marvel announced that Jonathan Hickman will return with two miniseries, House of X and Powers of X, which will be the which will start a new era for the X Men, and will start up as the other series are ending. Okay. Okay. Um, Hickman says, "I didn't think that we were serious about what we were trying to do. We should do. We should have a mixed message in the market about an X book, about what an X book is." So I argued for canceling the entire line. Uh, on Twitter, ma- writer Matthew Rosenberg confirmed that the Uncanny X-Men number 22 would be his final issue, uh, saying it's been an honor and privilege to tell stories with some of the greatest characters ever created. Okay. It's interesting. Yeah. So from July through September, House of X and Powers of X will be the only X-Men titles on the shelf. Wow. And then the second wave of X-Men books will come out sometime in 2020. Interesting. Mm, wow. I, I almost almost needed to be done. Well, okay. Uh, not to be a negative Nelly, but I've seen them do this at least two other times before because they felt like there were too many X titles and they want to streamline. And it's like, yeah, okay, great. But then three months later, they spin off one of the books. Yeah. Well, these are going to be, what, two books to start off, right? Right, right. Yeah. It says House of X comes out July 24th, and Powers of X comes out the next week. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I get it, but can they mean it this time? Can can I mean? Because what happens is, especially what 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 usually happens is, they they do what they're doing now. They scale back. You end up with a couple of X books, you know, and then and then somewhere in there, never fails. Wolverine gets his own title, and then somewhere along in there, as much as I love the guy, Gambit gets his own title. And then, you know, then they spin off and they create a whole other team. And then you have another team that's either that features the younger mutants and it's either, you know, New Mutants, Generation X, uh, X-Force, whatever. And I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just said I, I've been with Marvel since the early 70s and I can name two other times that they've done this. So, you know, I, I really hope I hope that they stick to their guns with this. And I don't know, maybe maybe because maybe they're looking at movies down the road. Maybe that's what's uh, movies that are going to fit into MCU. Maybe that's that's what's guiding this. I think that's part of the problem is we have one X-Men movie coming out and then that line of movies are being are done for. 
and right. we don't there is no word on what's happening with the X universe. Mm-hmm. So it's right. sort of like that's what that's what gets people to buy the books is when they go out to see the movies. One of the things at least. Right. And oh. if there's no movies, you don't have those people come into the store to buy the books. Right. Right. Which is part of the reason why despite some stories I heard of well, Cap, Captain America should be black. You know, if they're going to do Cap next, yes, it was the better choice to do Sam over Bucky because Sam's black, and that's why it needed to happen. Well, okay, I understand your your heart and your um, emotion behind it, but that's the wrong reason why Sam should, or why the next Cap should be yeah. black. Right. Um, no, the, the reason why Cap should be black it should be Sam Wilson and not Bucky, is as we talked about last week. And it's the, what Bart just brought up. You have your your new comic book reader who, oh, I really want to know more. Are they doing Cap? Will, will Sam Wilson ever be Cap in the comics? Well, yes, it's already been done. And I believe the current and the book's still current, mm-hmm. if I remember right. Uh, No, he's back to Falcon again. Is he? Yeah. Okay, but to find the books would not be that hard. No, it wouldn't. And it wouldn't be that hard to put him back as Cap Mm-mm. in many ways. Um, so should he be Should he be there? Yes, he should. And it's for that reason, not because of skin color. It's the fact that it's what, if, if Marvel Comics wanted to go back to Sam being Cap again, the transitions there would be easy to do. Right. To make it work and draw more people in. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, I mean, it, it, so yeah, um, I, I, I've read a few statements about that and I'm like, okay, this is just, this is just wrong on why it's being done <laughs> or why it's being said like this. Uh, and, and it's to me, the person who, who is credited with the quote, I, I think it shows a little ignorance on their end as well. But that's neither here nor there. Um, my opinion, yes, leave the two books. But I do foresee um, Wolverine's going to get his own title. Yeah. And, and I think if if you have a spinoff, Wolverine's the only one who needs the spinoff. Yeah. Whether, whether it's Logan, whether it's X-23, a Wolverine book needs to happen. It does. So, but I wouldn't go beyond that for now. Only because if you're going to relaunch, reboot, you're basically rebuilding the team from the beginning again. Mm-hmm. In which case, yes, you could have Wolverine in there, just like you have Cap with his own book, Iron Man with his own book, Thor with his own book, and still have the team book. Right. So. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Probably the the uh, the best X lineup that they ever had, as far as when they, I say when they had roughly, it was roughly about five books. You had, you had Uncanny X Men. Yep. Yeah, Wolverine. Yep. You had Excalibur, uh, X Factor, and X Force. X Force. Yeah. Well, and your normal X Men title. Right. Which I actually enjoyed the Uncanny Universe because that that was one of the better. Um, Avengers story art, you know, storylines or mm-hmm. stories, set of stories was in Uncanny. Right. So, um, so yeah, uh, I, I'm going to, I guess, then ask that that's about it for the X-Men, for the, for the books. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll have to see what happens. So, um, well, guess what made its, re- 
return. Well, okay, I've jumped ahead because I'm I'm doing the I'm starting to do the wrong story. Um, <laughs> well, guess what? My hits returned seven weeks ago. <laughs> and, and we're like, oh crap, we should be covering this now. Uh, Cloak and Dagger is back, and yes, we are going to cover it just like we cover Agents of Shield. Uh, in the beginning of this week's ep- or last week's episode, uh, it's called Viking Town Sound. Um, mm-hmm. We find Tandy in a motel room as Andre explains the gravity of the situation. Uh, Tandy then discovers what's going on and pushes the other captives to fight back. She finds it v- extremely difficult to, to escape, uh, whereas Tyrone knows something is wrong and desperately tries to locate his lost friend. Mm-hmm. Once Tandy wakes up, Andre initially tries to make her believe that the, illu- that the illusion from the end of episode six is real. Um, but Tandy quickly sees through this and realizes that he's lying. Uh, then we're introduced to a girl named Dell, who's also being held captive. Uh, Leah makes it seem like Dell staying with them willingly, but it's clear there's a lot of coercion and brainwashing going on. No, not in New Orleans. Um, just the hurricanes alone could cause that issue. Um, the scene also seems to go against all of the arguments Andre used to try and convince Tandy that he's not a bad guy. Uh, he talks about how he's trying to help people and only uses the girl's emotion to ease his migraines. Um, but it doesn't explain why he has them doing chores and only abducts women. Now, while all this is going on, Tyrone's mother, Adina, is trying to figure out what to do with the Connors. She tells them that she hasn't decided if if he if if his use in clearing Tyrone's name outweighs her own drive for revenge. Um, however, when Otis drops by and he and Adina talk about the Connors alone, we learn that there may be more going on than we first thought. Uh, since the Connors volunteered to atone for his sins, his attempt to escape hints that he may he might have ulterior motives. Uh, so uh, by the end of the episode, though. Tandy and Tyrone are reunited. Reunited, and it feels so good. Never mind. It was pretty much like that. Yeah. Um, Tyrone leads the police to the motel, and Tandy manages to escape. Tandy accesses every ounce of hope she has left and uses it to manifest daggers to aid in her escape. She then tears through the motel trying to release the captured girls. But after she and Tyrone unite, uh, reunite, Tyrone collapses on the floor as his cloak extends outward and appears to be pouring out of him, which is a very cool effect. It is. We are slowly getting to the comic book look. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, because uh, last season you did get to see uh, pretty much the comic accurate cloak for him. Yeah. Um, but, but you're still seeing him in street clothes 90% of the time. Right, right. Which is fine. Right. And, you know, it's fine. But I'm starting to wonder because he's really starting to embrace this whole save the city thing. So I'm wondering if that's go- if he's actually going to if he's willing to embrace it that, that go that far and embrace it that far. Right. Maybe right. by the end of the season, that's what we get, you know? Right. Well, he was the beginning of the season. That's almost where he was. Yeah. But, but I also like Cloak having that little bit of like. I hate to say it because it's it's an image character, but that spawn like attitude a little bit. Yeah, there for the yeah. good, but don't don't piss them off. No, God, no. Ooh. So, um, yeah. so here here's some one shots out of it. Tandy's reaction to seeing that Tyrone came to the rescue. Um, 
was really powerful and a highlight of the episode, especially after being told that no one cared enough to try and find her. Um, the, there's questions on if the motel is complicit in Andre's illegal activities. Um, it's definitely has a shady motel vibe going on. Well, again, it's New Orleans. I can take you to parts of New Orleans that even a five-star hotel is going to seem shady. Um, the the drug scenes with Tandy was pretty brutal, uh, especially with her history of drug addiction, uh, where everyone's hoping this does not cause a, a relapse. And the... Um, the Otis and Adina split up in the eight-month gap between seasons since um, since this is the first time they've been together um, on screen. So during that, between season two and now, season one and season two, that eight months, we're assuming there's a split there. Now, how would I rate this episode? Well, we're, we're going to introduce the new rating system today. I'm going to give this one a three and a half out of five Hulk smashes. So, so yeah, that's what I've got. Cool. Well, um, the end of uh, the end of the week um, or last week, by the time you read this or by the time you hear this, also brought us the season, uh, the season uh, premiere of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Caught me off guard. Um, yeah, that was... Um, so this was the sixth season. Uh, now, we already been promised a seventh season, but let's not get ahead of ourselves yet. There's a lot that's going on in this uh, in this episode. Yeah. Um, there's a lot. I mean, we, we've jumped... Over, number one, uh, it's been a year uh, since the events of last uh, of last year's season finale. Uh, so, so... Uh, I, okay, Coulson, I, was th- I was thinking it happened... It was happening coincidentally with the movie. Here's the interesting thing. If you notice, there is no mention at all of the snap. Of, of the snap. Uh, in fact, you know what we see. We we what we see is, and this is something I'm starting to wonder uh, if all the time travel that happened last year put them into a parallel. Uh, yeah, parallel universe. Well, because that's because the, they did mention the snap last season. Right, they did at least they, prior to the snap. Right, they, they it was like yeah, because they had talked about um, they talked about the attack on on um, Manhattan in New York going on. Well, like well, when uh, by the time the show starts, Mac uh, basically it looks like Shield is on the verge of becoming a fully functioning uh, organization again. Uh, it doesn't even and and what you see or at least the impression that we get is there's no evidence of of a, an apocalyptic event going on or no. anything has happened. Um, and so you you have in fact you have some you have some new agents there you have some new analysts and they're in suits and everything just like uh, the way things look like things were almost close to back to normal like what we got in season one uh you have mac who has uh been reviewing um information that was left for him from the the cube that 
uh, Colson left for him, which was the same thing that, or I guess that's the toolbox. It's the same thing that Nick Fury had left for Colson. Right, which was and very so, cool to see. Uh, yeah, it was cool to see that. So he's been reviewing this on a regular basis, and we also get the impression that he's been so focused on what it means to be a director and filling in that role that he's allowed his relationship with Yo-Yo to deteriorate. Um, and, and so there's that. Uh, we also have um, we we have. You have Simmons and Quake uh, in space, um, and they're looking for Fitz. Uh, so, so we kind of and I'll, let me say, it seems like that they've really uh, improved the budget. Based, like if you if you look at the space travel scenes alone, wow. Yeah. Um, oh, and you know, and so oh yeah, they're in the Zephyr with. Um, Piper and Davis. Uh, so yeah, so they're they're in the Zephyr traveling in space. Uh, we have Mac uh, getting in touch with a uh, Doctor Marcus Benson, who uh, apparently was the former professor of May's ex husband Andrew uh, to bring back Shield Academy. Yeah, which is yeah, really cool. That was really cool to see that. Uh, and, you know, then we also have these uh, mercenaries that are entering through s- solid matter, uh, only to find out that they're they may be androids. Um, and there we don't know if they're from this world or if they're aliens, uh, because they, you know, they have this 18 wheeler that looks like it comes from a post-apocalyptic world. Oh, and yeah. yeah, I mean, that thing was huge. And we see Sarge, who basically is evil Coulson. Uh, and this guy is uh, Clark Gregg has been training because this dude can fight. I'm like, you know, OK, like he had a few he had a few fight scenes, you know, when he was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as Phil Coulson. Right, but uh, the scenes that we that the, his action scenes this time, wow! Uh, and uh, there are actual plainly marked Shield vehicles this time, so Shield appears to be legitimized again. They they appear to be back in black. They 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 really. <laughs> you know what I, if, I I would love to hear at least the first five bars of that song right now, but just imagine that you're hearing that. So um, yeah, so you know, so there is that, and it's, and so along with this search for for Fitz Simmons is Simmons has kind of gone on the dark side a bit. She she's kind of feeling the whole torture thing you know um i guess you know that's what happens when you mess with her man um and then there's the teaser scene at the end uh and so we don't know if this is actually fits or if fits has somehow merged with enoch or or what's yeah. going on um i i i'll be honest with you I would say, based on, in my opinion, this is probably the closest that we've been to a comic-accurate 
shield outside the entire run. Um, you know, because you know we we have over the top villains. We have space travel. We got you know shield. You know, shield pretty much back at full uh, full force. Um, I'm going to give it. I, actually, you know, I'll touch on the one shots, and I'll give you what my I'll give you what my uh, my rating is. So, so we have the mention of May's late husband Andrew Garner, and that was a great touch as it rounds out uh, this world and also sheds some light on how May got in contact with him. Uh, and we also have the bizarre uh, connection to the MCU. Uh, this time around. Uh, now, the interviews keep hinting at this being pre-snap, uh, but this could also be a timeline where Strange never gave up the time stone and delayed those events. Uh, yet, they end up introducing dimensional travel uh, that are connected to the events teased in Spider-Man Far From Home, and the, the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer. Uh, now, according to the MCU Exchange, it's a bit jarring to see the show put so much care into its continuity to only throw it out the window now. Uh, and, you know, they, Sarge, Sarge is, like I said, he's a very brutal character, a very tough character. It's interesting and it's refreshing to see Clark Gregg take on a different role. Um, well, let, let it be known, too, um, Cloak and Dagger. There's no mention of the snap or any any known effects of the snap. No, it's not. It's not. And, and you know, the thing was, like, even at the end of even even like around last season, there was no indication of any of that. So I, I'm wondering. If, I I, te- I always feel like those event that those events are happening pre-snap. Well, um, yeah. the, this this is why I made mention last week about the potential of since it it's mentioned in the Spider-Man trailer, we're in mm-hmm. a different timeline, and these different timelines are being considered multiverses. And and you know, and that's why I feel like it's going. I I feel like that's what's happened with Agents of Shield because Agents of Shield. <laughs> saying, but I'm not saying. Thank you. I, I I don't know. I feel I feel like that what we're getting with Agents of Shield is that especially with all the all the travel that they did and everything they did to change uh, the future that they knew that might just they might very well put them into a, a completely different timeline. Right. It could also explain that you know that put the very very last scene. After they've been looking for Fitz all this time, mm-hmm. they might still be be looking for Fitz because that might not be him. That's true, and uh, so that and that that's a uh, you know that's a lot. There, that's a uh, the other possibility for this season is because we don't know anything about these beings. Uh, for all we know, they they may all be evil uh, life model decoys. We for all we know. But that being said, if we have an evil Coulson who doesn't know anything about S.H.I.E.L.D., does that mean that we could possibly get, I don't know, uh, some other characters returning? Mm. Uh, you know, I mean, it's completely possible. You know, we might I, be able to get Grant Ward again. I was going to say, as long as Ward does not come back, I'd be fine. <laughs> I was going to say, what if we get Bobby and, and uh, what's his name back? 
uh, Bobby and um, Nick. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I I would be good with that because I'm I still want most wanted. Just saying. True. But having said all that, uh, I give it four out of five Hulk smashes. Four out of five. Yeah. Okay. So, um, speaking of timelines. Yeah. Um, in an article from Screen Rant here. Is it says every new MCU timeline the Avengers accidentally created in Endgame. Uh, the plot of the the plot revolves around time travel. Uh, the plan requires the team to travel to different points. Do 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 do. Okay. Um, one uh, says here. Um, sorry, I did not get to read this all. No, it's, it's fine. Um, at the end of Endgame, Cap. Cap travels through time. Um, based on this, he should stop new timelines from ever being created by returning the Time Stone in 2012. Uh, all the other stones where they go. Based on this logic, uh, new timelines are being created. One is Loki escapes in 2012 and goes off on his own. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this is, I mean, we can't... I, that's got. This has got to be lead to whatever this show is that Disney's coming up with. Yeah, I I would I could agree with that. So instead, Loki has the ability to teleport wherever he wants in the galaxy. Uh, he might end up. It, he might go back to Thanos at some point. In some point in time, um, this this would leave the 2012 Avengers uh, still needing to look for Loki at some point. Uh, in this new timeline, Cap Cap's part of the main mission would also change. Uh, after taking Loki's scepter, he would leave the sleeper agents with the impression that he joined their cause. And 2023 Cap tells Bucky that it would tell Bucky that he's still alive, which you guys were talking about last week. Right, right. Uh, that said, those changes caused by Cap would, could potentially be those of a Loki universe. Uh as 2012 Cap, I uh, think that Subi was fighting all along. Okay. Um, another timeline would be that there is no Thanos or the Guardians after 2014. Interesting. Yeah. The result of Nebula's memory network being go- being transported, to, you know, to her past self, alerting Thanos. It. This would say, um, by ne- by the future Nebula killing her past self and the past Gamora status, you know, wherever the heck she is. Right. Uh, this would create a new timeline from 2014 on that would be with no Thanos because he, his past self was just killed and his army. Uh, there would be no Nebula or Gamora, um, but we still don't know if there was no past Gamora. Could there still be a future one resulting from returning the stone? Okay. This yeah, this would allow someone other than Thanos to try to collect all infinity all the Infinity Stones, uh, such as Ronin. While the Collector would already have the Reality Stone at this point, it can continue his quest for the rest. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, possible three uh, is Cap returning to the forties and marrying Peggy. Uh, whether or not this arc creates a new timeline or it stays in the same one, which is still confusing. Um, the Russo brothers did say that 
Cap did indeed create a new timeline uh, as being starting a new life with Peggy, suggesting that any time travel would create a new timeline. Mm-hmm. So that one is a bit iffy. It's hard to say whether he created a new loop or stayed with the same loop. Right. Right. Um, well, I, I, I feel like I feel like that, you know, because I under I, I I get the logic behind well let's if we return the stones back to where we took them from that you know it doesn't sever the timeline but there's a problem that would be true for all stones except the soul stone because the soul stone requires a soul for a soul so no matter what you do even if you return it. That timeline is going to be forever changed because the person that had to sacrifice themselves or be sacrificed for to to get to gain uh, possession of that stone, that timeline is forever changed. Right. Well, that's, I, so that's, I think I. Yeah. That's why I brought up the question. Um, I think it was last week. What if Cap returns the Soul Stone? Mm-hmm. Would that bring? Since it's a soul for a soul, could he bring back Widow? I don't know. See that that thing. I don't. I don't, I, I don't know if it's possible. Like when you return it, do you get a soul back? Because uh, that's not something. Well, for one thing, that's not something that that we've had to see or deal with. Because when Thanos, uh, Thanos destroyed the stone, he just no, he just snapped them out of existence. Um, but. You know, uh, returning them back to the timeline that they were taken from, I, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, I don't even know if there's even any, uh, if there's a situation in the in the comics where the soul stone has been returned, and when it was returned, the soul was returned, you know? Well, and at the same time, if a soul, if you return it and a soul is not returned, What's the point of returning it? If right. you don't return it, that would mean no one else could get it. Right. Preventing anybody from trying to go and steal it and kill someone else as a result. Well, it makes you then wonder, too, is the Black Widow movie that's coming, as long, if it if that was not a red herring, is that going to take place pre-everything we know Avengers-wise? Yeah, it's a prequel. I know that much. They at least at least they said it's a prequel. Now, if it's I could see them opening up the movie with her at the bottom of that cliff and then jumping back just to pull at people's heartstrings. Right. Okay. I I don't know. I I still I, I was I would still love to know the answer because to me it seems like logic says if you're returning you know soul stone soul for a soul. Well, if you're returning the soul stone, you will get a soul back. Right. Well, you know what? There is, of of course, like on the interwebs, there are a couple of uh, uh, sites that actually tackle this question, and they tackle it from within the uh, the, the the Avengers Endgame universe. Um, let me see. Uh, that's right. I'm just kind of looking through to see. Say, oh, oh, it says you put it back, but you don't get anything in return. It's not like a pawn shop. Uh, I I was still almost want to argue this. Especially since they took it, they went and took it before Thanos 
sacrificed Gamora in the first place years right. later. Right. right. But Cap wouldn't care about Gamora. No, but the fact that they went and took it anyway means it wasn't there in, you know, what was it, 2018? Right. So but it wasn't e- there for him to make. But either way, I think Gamora's gone because I think this, this is where we have to get um, the clarification about um, what was Tony's snap. If Tony's snap was that he's snapping everyone from 2014 that came forward, then Gamora's gone anyway. Yeah, yeah. Gamora is uh, – now, the, the Gamora that – that uh, that Star Lord ran into, that P- Peter ran into um, in uh, in Endgame. So it looks like she's still out there somewhere. It does. It, it, I don't believe that when Tony snapped that he got rid of her. Why? Uh, because well, for one thing, because um, uh, that uh, Nebula didn't disappear i mean okay she was dead by that point i think but right but you know i think when tony snapped he snapped thanos and all of his forces and i don't believe that he included gamora like consciously he wouldn't have included gamora and uh, and nebula in that because even in that universe they were they were siding with the Avengers. I don't know, but I, I, I don't know. At least I, I've already, while we've been discussing this, I've looked at a couple of sites um, regarding this, and both of the sites are saying that when you return, when you return to Soul Stone, basically you just return to Stone. You're not getting anything back. That's what they're saying here. But you know, we're also we're also talking about the same people that gave us a completely false uh, trailer. For Spider-Man: Far From Home, so I don't know. Wait, how do we get a false trailer? You, uh, you remember that one trailer? You remember the original trailer? You had Nick Fury going up to Peter and saying, uh, "Spider-Man is gl- it's good to finally meet you," and there were a bunch of other things that basically it just looked like. Number one, it looked like Nick Fury had never met never met Peter, which we knew wasn't true. Uh, and, you know, there were some other things that basically made it look like, uh, made, made it look like that, um, Mysterio was helping Peter, but he was from this universe. But we go back, like, if you look at the trailer now, that is actually, they've ended up making it an end credit for Endgame now. We right. see, we see where obviously, Nick and Peter have met because we knew we knew that they had already. But yeah, so based on some based on the conversation between the two, Nick Fury knows who Peter is. And also it says that uh, that um, uh, Mysterio is from a different dimension. Right. So, you know, those are so there was no there was no mention of a multiverse. There was no mention of other dimensions. Uh, and, and it pretty much made it look like Nick Fury didn't know who Peter was, you know, in the original trailer. But post Endgame, we have a completely different trailer. Okay. I guess I could see that. Mm-hmm. So, well, um, how about this real quick before we hit our picks of the week? X-Men Dark Phoenix. Um, box office tracking indicates 
projected $50 million opening weekend. Because, you know, <laughs> and that, I, I, that, might, that might even be overestimating. I don't know. Um, according to the estimates, Simon Kinberg-directed Mutant Adventure is tracking in the $50 million range. If the movie does make less than the $53 million Wolver- the Wolverine took back in 2013... It will have officially the lowest domestic opening weekend of any film in the X-Men franchise. And I will say the only um, the only trailer that's really had me interested was the one that aired in front of uh, Endgame. That is the only one that's had me interested. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, yeah. Um, so at this point in time, it is... Here are the picks of the week. So, uh, Kylan, why don't you start us off? All right. Uh, and I kind of have a bit of a theme this week, so like, hopefully you guys can um, catch it. Uh, so my first pick is War of the War of the Realms Strike Force Land of Giants number one. Brought to us by Tom Taylor Jorge, and Jorge Molina. Uh, the God of Thunder is trapped in the land of ice and snow. And it's up to Captain America to rescue him before all is lost. Taking up Thor's axe, Yarnbjorn, Cap and his team, Spider-Man, Wolverine, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist, invade the Frost Giant realm in search of their fellow Avenger. But this rescue mission will cost far more than they expect. What a team. Yeah. Uh, Bart, why don't you give us your number one pick for this week? Um, yes. Why is it? Ah. Sorry, I clicked. I clicked ahead. Unfortunately, uh, <laughs> my problem. first my first pick is Runaways number twenty one. Uh, Chase is proud to be the Runaways handyman, co-bread winner, steadfast supporter, and well, their dad. But Chase is headed for disaster. Hold on to your hearts, Stein Steiniacs. Plus, find out what threats has Carolina Rainbowing has Carolina Rainbowing out this issue. Okay. Well, my first pick of the week is um, Star Wars Age of the Republic, Jabba the Hutt number one. It's great to be Jabba. Across the galaxy, Imperials, Rebels, Scoundrels alike speak in hushed tones of Jabba the Hutt, the greatest gangster in the Outer Rim. Discover what makes the name Jabba so feared in a crime story that stretches from the casinos of Cantel Bight to the deserts of Tatooine. So, Kylan, your second pick of the week. My second pick of the week is War of the Realms, New Agents of Atlas number two, brought to us by Greg Pak, Gong Hyuk Lim, and Wu De Shim. Featuring Marvel's newest hero, Heroes Wave, Arrow, and Swordmaster, the Queen of Cinders has conquered Korea and the rest of Asia, and only Amadeus Cho and a battered band of international superheroes stand between her and her ultimate goal, to melt the polar ice caps and turn all of Midgard into a sweltering new Musfelheim. With the ice-wielding superhero Luna Snow down for the count, Amadeus and his team must find a new way to fight fire. You say that, and the one thing that pops in my mind is, Amadeus, Amadeus. I'm a deus, I'm a deus, I'm a deus. You know what? Uh, I get the feeling that he would probably like that. He probably sings that to himself. If he could hear it. <laughs> so, Art, your second pick of yes. the week. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that is so bad. My second pick is the Unstoppable Wasp number eight. What do you do when your quasi 
quasi-adopted stepdaughter reveals that she's never had a birthday party, doesn't even know when her birthday is. Well, if you're Janet Van Dyne, original Avenger, Winsome Wasp, Fem Lab CEO, and fashion designer, you throw together the best last-minute birthday party the Marvel Universe has ever seen. But what happens when Nadia's fellow Red Room graduate Bucky Barnes crashes the party? Okay. Well, my second pick of the week is Star Wars Galaxy's Edge number two. I am digging this book. Uh, first one, it was really cool, especially seeing um, a baby Rancor in a tube in like a display case. And the Rancor is just, you see the feet just dangling. And I'm like, this better be in the shop when when they open up Galaxy's Edge. I want to see this baby Rancor in captivity. <laughs> but um, across the galaxy, Doc Ondar is known as the procurer of the rarest antiquities in the universe. But most, but the most priceless of his relics come with a darker cost. And with the First Order's hunt for the hidden resistance heating up, Planet Batu may soon turn into the most dangerous place in the galaxy. Journey to the Black Spire Outpost and discover an early look at the themed land coming to Walt Disney World and Disneyland this year. Guest starring the bounty hunter, Greedo, and the notorious gangster, Jabba the Hutt. So this is what I'm curious about. Greedo supposedly dead around the time of the First Order. So I wonder if this is going to be a tale going back and talking about a, a past. Hmm. So we're going to have to wait until next week and find out. So, Kylan, your final pick of the week. My final pick is War of the Realms Journey into Mystery number three. Uh, brought to us by Kent McElroy, Andre Arujo, and Valerio Shidi, and David Curiel. Go west, young god. Marvel's long-dead Western heroes join the War of the Realms. But whose side are they on? It's up to Miles Morales to find out. And baby Lausa seems to be up to more than a game of peekaboo. The little goddess is acting strange again, and her charms may add fuel to the fire. Interesting. So, Bart, your final pick of the week. My final pick of the week is Mr. and Mrs. X number 11. All hail the king and queen of thieves. The thieves guild has come to the, come to take what is theirs. Where, where does that leave Rogue and Gambit? And that is all I've got. Okay. Well, my final pick of the week uh, is As Guardians of the Galaxy number nine. War of the Realms tie in. New York City is overrun with Malachi's invasion forces. Earth is inches from falling to the Dark Elf King. And while Thor is missing in Jutenheim, All Father Odin injured, and All Mother Freya about to embark on a mission of her own, Valkyrie is one of the few gods left to face the onslaught. But her faith is intertwined with another. What of Annabelle Riggs, the mortal girl who shares the body of a god? Ride of the Valkyrie begins here. So, um, those are our picks of the week. Kylan, how about hitting us up with your MU pick? My MU pick is actually um, tied to uh, one of my favorite Marvel artists, and he eventually became a Marvel writer. Uh, so I, uh, my pick is actually Jim Steranko's first Marvel book that he both drew uh, and scripted, okay? Uh, so this is Strange Tales, issue no- number 155. Uh, cover art uh, by Jim Steranko. Uh, script and art by Jim Steranko. I know this is the 
that now this book actually had two stories in there. There was Doctor Strange and Nick Fury, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And so he, Jim Steranko did the Nick Fury story in there. So um, the helicarrier takes on a number of VIPs as well as Professor Trojak and his Q-Ray for a demonstration. But Trojak is really a Hydra agent. And his oversized machine has been used to smuggle several Hydra thugs aboard. In addition to these dangers, Fury must also cope with his three best friends who've been hypnotized to kill him. Fury manages to save the day, and an injured, unconscious Laura is found hidden in the computer room wearing a Hydra outfit. And there is a cameo by Lyndon B. Johnson. Interesting. You said that's Strange, Strange Tales 155. Yes, and I, I, you know what? Um, not too long ago, I read this issue, and honestly, it is definitely it's it's worth the read. I mean, those uh, early, those early Shield adventures, um, they they were pretty much ahead of their time, really. If you if you look at uh stories now um, compared to you know if you, you know having any understanding of the the historical environment. Um, and to have somebody who was a sitting president make a cameo in a book like that—that that, that was pretty. Uh, that, that was pretty out there. So yeah, yeah do, do yourself a favor and uh, give this story a read. So that's gonna wrap it up for us this week. Uh, any final thoughts? Actually, I got uh, something really quick here. Um, so it looks like there's a possibility. Uh, now, this is something that came from Kevin Feige uh, hinting that uh, Mandarin may make an appearance in an upcoming Marvel film. Uh, specifically, uh, it's believed that it's going to be Shang-Chi, Master of Kung Fu. Uh, and this is interesting because, well, in the original stories um shang chi was the son of fu manchu but because of legal issues uh marvel no longer has the rights to use uh that character so it looks like there's a possibility that they would make shang chi the son of the mandarin interesting uh, so, yeah so i i I would say, uh, as far as I'm concerned, I have no uh, problem with this and color me intrigued. Consider yourself colored. <laughs> um, I've got one other as well. Uh, Disney announced today 11 new honorees for uh, the Disney Legends Awards. And three of them come from the Marvel Marvel realm. That's Ming-Na Wen, John Favreau, and Robert Downey Jr. Awesome. Um, Ming-Na Wen, who plays Melinda May, um, began her involvement with Disney in 96 when she was the voice of Fa Mulan in Mulan. Um, and she has reprised her role in several TV shows, movies, video games since. And she has also contributed voice work to a number of shows for Disney, including Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy and Marvel Rising Secret Warriors. Now, John Favreau, who began, who began playing Happy Hogan in the MCU, is also an executive producer for Marvel Studios with credits on Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Iron Man 3, The Avengers, Age of, Avengers Age of Ultron, 
Avengers Affinity War. Uh, he has also provided voice work for TV shows such as Hercules, Buzz Lightyear's Star, uh, Star Command, G-Force, and Star Wars Clone Wars. An interesting tidbit, Favreau casted himself as a for as happy to be a bit part. His neighbor is Clark Gregg, who he cast as Agent Coulson. Mm-hmm. And the two characters have developed into major characters in the MCU. And then uh, two-time award-winning nominee and Golden, and Golden Globe winner Robert Downey Jr., best known for playing Tony Stark, uh, began with Iron Man in 2008, culminating with, Aven- you know, of course, ending in Avengers Endgame. Um, it's Tony Stark's that forged a connection through the MCU by appearing in Civil War, Spider-Man Homecoming, um, The Incredible Hulk, and it, he was in a few others, wasn't he? Outside of outside of his own, uh, I don't remember. I don't either. Yeah, um, I think they at well at one point it didn't matter if it was a Avengers movie or not. He seemed to be in it. Yeah. Uh, he also appeared in the in the 2006 remake of The Shaggy Dog. So uh, <laughs> we here at Mighty Marvel Geeks congratulate these three on their um, acknowledgement of being now considered Disney legends. Mm-hmm. And I am now looking on Robert Downey Jr.'s. He was in Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, The Avengers, Iron Man 3, Age of Ultron, Captain America, Civil War. Uh, Homecoming, Infinity War, and Endgame. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten out of the twelve out of the twenty-two. So almost half. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely unbelievable. So, um, any other final thoughts? Nope, nope. Then uh, Thursday, if you would please. The clean slate protocol, sir? Uh, no. How about our typical goodbye? All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? No, just time to go dark. S-H-I-E-L-D. That's S.H.I.E.L.D. That's S.H.I.E.L.D. It's an acronym. Oh, like ALCA. Yes, except it's cool.